Shuban, when you watched the game today, was there did when they were showing the the Tottenham logo? Was did, were they blocking out the cock? Were they um, just showing the ball? Did you notice showing... that? I, they were for I me. I wasn't sure if it was a glitch or what it was. I didn't actually notice it. I'll be honest. I wasn't actually. I didn't actually notice anything. So clearly, I wasn't clearly, sure if it was a Paramount Plus thing or if it was a a Premier Sport thing. But they were they were going all balls and no cock on the on the the view of the the logo, which I I thought was interesting. A rebuilding job. Energy. You know, great to see you. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot podcast. It's a three-man weave here today. I'm your host, Andrew. I've got Shuban and Todd alongside. Follow us at Tottenham Depot. Spurs, 3-0 victors against Pachos de Ferreira from (laughs) Portugal. They are on to the knockout stages of the Europa Conference League. Uh, a, A sentence that I never thought I would dream of saying, you know, a year ago even, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, let's start off by welcoming in the Todd father himself at TC underscore the show. Todd, how's it going, my friend? Uh, gentlemen, every day that you get to chat about Spurs winning in Europe is an incredible day. I'm not mad about this at all, um, especially after the giant floating turd in the punch bowl that we uh, left in uh, Portugal last Thursday. Uh, <laughs> this this was a, a, a welcome back to, uh, to White Hart Lane and a welcome back for a, a certain number 10 Um you know, we're not obviously on video right now, but you can see the number 10 shirt behind me. Um, and uh, there's a reason for that. He uh, is everything that we always knew that he was. And it was interesting, you know, kind of thinking about today, uh, thinking about Harry Kane as a footballer and not just as a commodity. Uh, and we get to do that again, uh, starting with him putting a couple in the back of the net. So I'm not mad. It was it was fun. And it was um it's interesting, Spurs, you know, last week they became the first English side to lose in the Champions League, Europa League, and the Conference League. This week they become the first English side to win in the Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League. So that's a plus as well. Hey. Uh, also joining us is at the real Shuban on Twitter. It's Shuban himself. Shuban, how you doing, man? Hi, how you doing, guys? You all right? We're doing all right, man. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a 3-0, and it's kind of – it's interesting. You know, I, I was I was in the group chat – talking about this a little bit earlier before we got on here to record um you know spurs made three changes in the starting 11 from last thursday in portugal as todd mentioned the turd in the punch bowl um and this just looked completely different not only because the picture was clear with the camera at at the tottenham hotspur stadium versus the stadium out there in portugal um all of that looked just looked more professional and looked better um but the performance looked a lot better as well so um those three changes you know, as as Todd mentioned, Harry Kane comes in for Dane Scarlett at up top. Uh, we will get on to Harry Kane a little bit more uh, a little bit later. Uh, Lucas Mora comes in as well uh, in place of now John. And then Eric Dyer at the back starts in place of Cameron Carter Vickers, which is uh, not something I ever thought I would be encouraged by, but it certainly was. <laughs> and uh, well, those three those those three changes, you know, seem to kind of make all the difference. Right, Todd? Yeah, I mean, we we played a, a more uh, comfortable lineup. I, I think that the biggest thing that you could say about the team that played together last week is um, they had not played together before. So there was it was very much a hodgepodge of uh, of first team and academy players uh, that were getting a run out together and new players, obviously with with Cootie in there, um, and it showed. And they looked they looked shit. Also, now John uh, kind of played this like weird uh, role. Uh, I don't know, behind Scarlet. I don't know. It was, it was funky. He didn't really do a whole lot. He just kind of hung out there. So having Lucas Mora do a bunch of Lucas Mora things, it felt more like Spurs that we know. Um, it did make all the difference. But I think that the biggest thing that you can say about that is, um, one, when you're playing at home, uh, there's an added boost. But two, any time that number 10 walks out onto the pitch and lines up across from a bunch of Portuguese farmers, they get scared. That happens. It does. It's true. Uh, Shubes, 
the the formation today looked a little more familiar too. I know a lot of people kind of thought that it was like a another three at the back situation, similar to what last week was, but this actually looked a little bit more to me like a normal four at the back with Ryan Sessegnon just playing a, a, a more advanced. He wasn't he wasn't really playing wing back. He was more in a midfield slash winger role and pushing Brian Heal into the central as well. This this looked just a lot more comfortable at a Spurs today, right? It looks a bit strange. I, like, I couldn't work out at all. I thought we're playing three at the back, three five two, four four two. It seemed very very strange. Something I couldn't really work it out. And it was it, it did seem strange because Sessegnon and um, because obviously what Sessegnon and um, and Brian Hill were doing on one side, Lucas and Doherty were already doing on the other. So it seemed a bit uneven, almost like a lopsided, which is what I remember Jose doing when we first first came to us. That weird lopsided kind of you know wing or something that we were doing. But no, I mean I know everyone's been talking about how Kane got two goals, but for me, it's about all about Brian. For me, Brian Hill, the guy, the kid is just he floats. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. He just seems to float pie players. And his movement that, is insane, shoes. It's and I don't know how it does it. And the, the thing is, and it's not like he's not what I call a cold sack. He's like, you know, you players will run to cold sack and then like, oh, there's no one I can pass to. He looked, he had a good couple of, couple of side glances. Where's where, where's Harry? Where's Harry? And then he attacked the fullback and he goes, look, all I've got to do is play into space. I play into space. If I beat yep. my big man, play into space. Harry will find it. Okay. He had another ball into the box, Shubes, that if Ru- Lucas had run on the correct side of the defender, it would have been another goal. And he, I think he hit the post only twice. He did. Let's or something. Well, it was two deflections, too. Yeah, it was just the kid is, I don't know. I mean, I i haven't seen a play that's done this for a while, I suppose. I mean, I can't, maybe Tony Galvin back in the day, but Ginola was more powerful. I mean, if you look at Ginola when he first got giant, he was, it was, he was absolutely. Great technique, quick, which is very physical, very powerful. <laughs> yeah, didn't have the main defense at all. He just wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't do that. And Brian Hill, when he lost it, he you know, he tried back and got it. Mm-hmm. So there's, but there's something I don't know how he does it. This, it's like it's like, it's like Stephen Bergwine's little weird flicky thing he did against Wolves or something. Like what the hell did he do? Yeah, but I'm watching Brian Hill. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He, he's able to get past players. And obviously, I don't I don't want to call them farmers. You know. Portuguese people generally know more for their fishing than their farming. <laughs> well, and, and I'll tell you that not only that, but I saw in, in the most recent, um, you know, I guess, what, are the, what do you call it? The coefficient rankings. The Portuguese league has actually moved up a, a step, even what? above the French league. So, I mean, for, they're, they're, it's, for, it's, it's fractional percentage points. You're absolutely it, it, right. it is, but it's, it, it is what it is. I mean, you're right. It is what it is. But I, look, I watched Brian Hill play a little bit in the Olympics toward the tail end of the Olympics after we had signed him and we knew kind of that this was a guy that was coming in after the Eric Lamella swap. Um, and hell, maybe maybe Brian Hill has just seen what Eric Lamella has done at, at, at Sevilla so far and decided he needed to step up his game. But but I've watched a little bit of him here and there. And then, you you know, you watch him last week in the first leg of this of this tie. And, you know, there, there wasn't much there. He wasn't getting much service. Uh, he looked OK. And then he comes out today and really is just, you know, he's the man of the match for me. I mean, he created the, the first goal uh, for, for Harry Kane after, after, and here's my one praise for Harry Winks that I'll give before we hopefully ship him out on Tuesday. Um, Harry Winks makes a great tackle, gets the ball to Brian Heal. Heal, as you mentioned, you know, looks a great up, forward pass to Brian Heal. A good forward pass. Heal gets the ball in a good position, looks up a couple times, makes sure he knows where, his options are and picks out the best one. And when the, when your best option is Harry Kane and the, in, you know, in the six yard box, that's a good option. Um, and you know, that is, that is what it was. So it's, it's a good thing. It gets, you know, we talked last week, I believe it was Todd and, and I, I believe it was you and, and maybe Scott on the podcast last week that we did uh, following the first leg. And neither of you guys seemed like you really gave a damn whether or not Spurs advanced out of this this tie and advanced into the group stage and like you say you still don't this is at least an opportunity now for players like brian heel like ryan sessignon like gulp harry winks if he sticks around to get their playing time to get their minutes to get other guys a breather so that they can focus so that this squad as a whole can focus on the premier league when the group games come around for context we are recording this um 
you know, late on the Thursday after after this match. We don't yet know the draw. The draw is early Friday morning. Um, so by the time you're listening to this, perhaps you know who Spurs uh, three opponents will be in the group stage of this competition. Just um, Just yeah, we, we will certainly talk about it more when we do a, a, a post Watford pod on Sunday. But um, overall, you know, Shuban, I don't think we've, we've really gotten your opinion on this. Well, like, I guess what's your opinion of, are you, are you pissed that they advanced out of this tie or no. is it just, or is it just to the point now where if you're going to advance to this point, you'd like to see them go win the damn thing? No, no, I'm not pissed at, I, I got, Spurs should be in Europe, the great European nights, but this is not Europe. This is some poxy, shitty tournament that basically gets into the Europa League, which I'm not being bad. We should not have any trouble qualifying for. Right. If, you know, if, if, if a bunch of peas from East London can do it, we can do it. We should be able to do it as well. So for me, I think I actually would look at it as, you know what? I would, I would say, look to say, I would say, I'd go to say, um, Dane Scarlett. I would go, I mean, obviously, that players like Alfie Devine are a bit too young, but I'll say, you know, players like Ryan Sessignon, um, Dane Scarlett, maybe even Noah John, and say, look, you know what? This is a chance for you to grab your chance. Take it. Show what you can do. Really, you should, you know, literally make me question why I'm keeping playing, playing Harry Kane or why I'm playing Harmonson. Obviously, they're always going to start, but make me question that because if you far, look, go back six years ago, or was it six years ago? Maybe well, no, seven years, seven years ago now, I think it was. You know, you have horse in the question. Right. And I really, when I look at, say, Scarlett, I think he can definitely force the question. I've, I was very lucky, as, as you guys know, I was able to go see um, Thursday 23s mm-hmm. and saw some really tempting. There was one kid, um, Jan- Janelle Bennett. Janelle yeah. Bennett's my yeah. guy. Jay that's, Billy? That's, 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 really Todd's, that's Todd's guy right there. Really good. He, he, I mean, if he can, re- if he just works on that, that switch, he, I mean, he had a few chances. I mean, I, I think, do you know what? There are players that can really make us like. Mark Andy can score know. too. Or Mark, Mark yeah. Andy, I always screw up the name. How do you say it? Yeah, I, 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 I just call him Dylan because that's his first. <laughs> <laughs> that's smart. You're, you're right though, Shoots. I mean, this does give a lot of youthful play. And, and look, you would think that Spurs could play a fully rotated 11 like they did last week in the group stages and still advance. And I mean, really, really, I mean, you're talking about a couple of other clubs in this competition as a whole that could even give Spurs a game. And one other team that you would really just be like, okay, if they lost to them, it's understandable. And that's, that's unfortunately, and weirdly, that's Jose Mourinho's Roma team. Um, and you would still think that Spurs should be able to beat Roma, but like that's down the line. Spurs are not going to be drawn into the group. I know. <laughs> With Roma, um, they're in different. They're they're both in the same pot, so that's impossible. But you know, there's just I don't know. It's it feels like one of those competitions where, like Shuban said, you play a lot of the youth, you give them experience, and you tell them, "Hey, go fucking earn a job." So and and earn yourself some some Premier League minutes. Like at this point, you know, don't don't take this as you know. You have to go out and play Harry Kane and Hyungman Son. And I thought the substitutions for for, to, to, Super for that. Weird. For that matter, we're very strange today from Nuno Espirito Santo. I mean, bringing in Youngman's son, Stephen Bergvine, Pierre Emil Hoybier, I know that was the one that shocked me. Yeah, I mean, you would love to see Pierre Emil Hoybier get get a day off, <laughs> but um, those things. I don't are... know why they played Skippy. Why Skippy wasn't like? I mean, I just thought like this is the time where you play your Skippy, your Scarlets. I mean, yeah, that kind of stuff. But to look, be fair, I'm... Skippy's been the boss. Like, what if you sit Hoybier? I mean, I don't. We don't know what Nuno's going to do. We don't. We don't know. I we're feel like still, the game plan for the first two matches has been pretty consistent. Yeah. I don't necessarily think, especially with Harry back now, I don't necessarily think that the the game plan going into the Watford game is going to look the same. Well, I and another another guy that had a really big game today, who hasn't even started in the Premier League yet, but we've seen him off the bench, is Giovanni Lo Celso. Exactly. So that's I why mean, I make the Hoybier point. You may yeah. run Skippy out there with Delhi and and Lo Celso and bring Hoybier off the bench, and, or you know. And I, I and I totally even forgot until you just mentioned his name. Delhi even came off the bench today. It's like, why are we bringing those types of guys off the bench in a match like this where it seemed under control in the final twenty minutes or so? I think it's to show respect to the competition. I think that's the first thing. You've got to respect the competition. I think he's playing to see, you know, because he's not going to do a Harry Kane like play a bunch of kids and I don't know, beat kids from all them. You've seen something. I think he's playing respect to the competition. You know, he's obviously Portuguese, so people are going to, you know, this has been broadcast. He wants to give a good impression. 
close back home and stuff like that. But for me, I think he's still learning because yes, yeah. you can do all the friendlies you can possibly do. He still doesn't know his best team yet, I don't think. Yeah, you're right about that. And and they're not fully formed. And if they're not fully formed. I mean, it took, it took what, Poch ages? It took him, and then obviously people were thinking Poch could get fired if it wasn't for that Villa game. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, then, the, 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 the deflected Harry Kane uh, free yeah. kick. Absolutely. I, I, I think your point is fair. I think it I think it would have been more understandable had they been playing the second leg away and maybe you want to put a, a few of those guys out there for the away fans and, and that's a kind of sign of respect. But honestly, when you're trying to get through and you've got another match in two days and obviously the international break comes up after that, so there's a little bit of leeway and you're playing Watford and not and not to disrespect Watford, but you would think that you can play at least a semi rotated side against Watford and still be able to get a result. Yeah, but three um, points in the league is three points in the league. I don't know. Oh, I, I trust me, I hear you. Um, it's you know, there's still uh, some teams, by the way, Andrew, in this competition that can do some things. Like, and let's, let's be fair about that. Before we turn the page on this, I mean, when you're looking at it, in addition to to the, those folks in Rome, um, I mean, the, the Copenhagen team that made some noise last year is still pretty bang on. They made it through. Obviously, look sharp today. Uh, uh, Se Basel can uh, actually. Uh, make some noise if they need to foreign noise. Like there's some names in here. We saw, we saw uh, last, last year in the Europa league, do something, you know, in our group. <laughs> I mean, they're, <laughs> they're in this, uh, they're in this competition as well. You're right. You're right. I mean, but it, the Croatian team. are they in the conference or are they in the Europa league? Who's the this? Team? Yeah. The team that had their manager in jail and still beat us. Oh, I think they're in the Europa. I don't, I think that they I, did. Yeah. They may yeah. even get, yeah. They may have even, Gotten into, I've blocked uh, that completely out of my mind. I can't. Even I don't know what, what your team about. is called. So, hmm. whoever <laughs> no, they are. Hey, listen, there's like Rens is still in there. It's like there's some yeah. teams. There but are. What all I'm hoping for is that we don't get drawn against Maccabi Hypa or Maccabi Tel Aviv again, and we're flying oh, in the Middle oh, East. Oh, like, I, I, know, I know because because could you imagine if they, if you know if if, if, if they start such if we you know, if we end up going to Israel and everyone starts singing Yid Army Yid Army, that would just be for me actually hilarious, but still. Yeah, I don't even want to get That's into that conversation. <laughs> but uh, look, and and oh, let me just by the way mention I did not mention later on in the podcast. Uh, talk to Mike from the uh, a Watford podcast uh, from uh, the Voices of the Vic podcast. So we're going to preview Watford later in the match. But um, even before we get to Watford, I did want to talk a little bit more about Harry Kane and the announcement that came out this week. He is indeed staying at Spurs. And I think it's something that we already knew. We talked about it Sunday. We kind of didn't expect anything from City. But I, I, I don't even really know how to frame this question because, like I said, it's kind of something we already knew. And, and obviously he came into the starting lineup today and, and had a brace. And he's probably going to start again on Sunday, you would think, against Watford. Um, maybe he comes off the bench just still building fitness coming off of a, a long preseason. But um, I guess, you know, Todd, what – this doesn't really change anything at this point, right? I mean, we're, I think the city thing is done and dusted and maybe he'll still want to leave, but now it's just on not only on the club to kind of reintegrate him and match his ambition and, and go win something with him, but really more so than anything for me, it's on Harry Kane to reintegrate himself and continue to score goals and continue to show that he actually is. I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to give hundred percent effort for, for Tottenham Hotspur, but really just showing the fans that, yeah, I wanted to leave, but also I'm still here and I'm still going to play for this badge. Listen, there's few there's few things in this world that, that Harry Kane does better than um, just shut the fuck up and play football. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that that's what we're going to see. Uh, it, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna ask that guy to uh, to read your book on tape. You're not gonna ask that guy to uh, sell uh, sell your insurance firm for you. Probably not. Um, but if given the opportunity, uh, if you're playing a team to save your life, then you need to pick a number nine. There's a pretty good chance you're going to take Harry Kane. So as long as the focus can be uh, in and around Tottenham, can be just football, um, that's that's what we really, really need. So I think Harry making this announcement as early as he possibly can before the end of the window, massive, massive, massive boost for Spurs. So we don't have to deal with this bullshit all the way down on the wire. The next thing that I think needs to happen is we need to be able to shift an REA and Sissoko. I, I still have hope for Ndombele. That's just me personally. I think if you get his two buddies away from him, then we put ourselves in a position to where influence can be more positive. Um, and I think that that looks like it has the potential to happen. 
Uh, if we're able to do that, we're able to shift that negative energy out. We're able to get a refocused Harry Kane. I think that naturally with the talent, ability, and belief that this squad has under Nuno, that matching Harry Kane's ambition is absolutely within our sides. I've, I've, you know what, this sounds really weird, but I honestly think we've got a Leicester vibe going on. I really do. Because when Ranieri took over Leicester, no one really rated him, really. And Leicester was fine on the radar. Obviously, with Harry Kane, it's a little bit hard to find the radar. But I don't know. I mean, I saw Romero again today. And yes, there were mistakes. But you know what? He's aggressive. He's a, he's a bit of a bastard. And do you know what? Yeah. You need that. I mean, the only thing that, I mean, the only like flying the ointment for me was, and I'm, I'm going to say it, is Matt Doherty and, um, and probably Ben, da- ben Davis. Do you know what? Because the problem with Ben Davis is, is that he's not the Amatongan. That's the problem. That's, that's what he is. You're, you're hoping he'll be like a, you know, like left footed, you know, play the ball a bit. But what Jan was at his best and what Ben Davis could, Ben Davis could even possibly on his best day even hope to be half a good Yamatongan, do you know what I mean? Well, it's so, funny you say that, though, because, like, Ben Davis is Yamatongan, but they're not expecting Ben Davis to go out and play every single week. He's a, he's a reserve, and I think that's yeah. perfectly fine. I mean, Darty today, I mean, do you know what? I was. I, I think I think, I, was, I think D actually answered it, but I can't remember last time he put a good cross in. I just, I don't know what it is. I don't know, because maybe at Wolves he wasn't a crossing fullback, and maybe that's not how Nuno played him, but You'd think Nino, who had him for at least three years, would know how to play him. The last time that I remember Matt Dogby putting in a a viable cross was uh, the end of or the beginning of last season. It was a last minute winner against some shit team. It might have been Brighton. It was Brighton. It was Was it Brighton? Brighton. Yeah, the the Harry Kane right in front of the keeper, a little little. Oh, it was West Brom. West Brom. Brighton. Oh, was it West Brom? Whoever it was, was you're right. It was West Brom. It was West Brom. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Todd, Todd, I wanted to ask you actually about. Shuban mentioned him, you know, Kuti Romero, that aggressiveness. Is that huh? gonna is that gonna come back and, and bite him in the ass at some point? Oh, absolutely, but it's also gonna be the thing that makes him uh the Premier League team of the year in two seasons when he gets fully betted in. Like the thing is, is that the thing that his greatest strengths or his greatest weaknesses like the like the majority of us, right? So um I think that ultimately he's going to have to learn when to deploy that aggressiveness. Uh, and how he's going to want to um, to do that in the Premier League week in and week out, so he doesn't set himself up. There's there's, there's a lot of smart players in that you league. I don't see Romero starting on um, Sunday, and no. I think I, I know we'll talk about it probably on Sunday. But a lot of the South American players have been told they can't go away, so someone like Romero is basically another two weeks. Yep, to try I like that. White Hart Lane I like that too. Scotland. And you know what? He, I don't, I'm not sure how much English he knows, but obviously Dyer speaks a bit of Spanish. Obviously, Sanchez obviously speaks Spanish. And Galini obviously knows him from Atalanta. But um, I do think that it gives him time to settle. It gives him time to really focus on his game because he won't be spending like, I don't know, about a day and a half traveling, another day in quarantine and all that kind of crap. You know what I mean? And they can really work him. So, do you know what? Because, I mean, there was a moment he got a booking and I'm sure he won the ball. And we right. were at a three and one attack. So that referee was bloody bonkers because there was another time when Cessignon got fouled, but he gets up and then, and I said, I said something disparaging against foreigners, but you know, he, he barely touches the you know, the Pastor Steve Ferreira or whatever. I can't, sorry, Ryan, my friend Ryan Manese, I can't pronounce Pacos de Ferreira. You know, but um, he, then he touches him like literally a little bit and then it goes down. That's it. Not, not a booking, but it's a free kick. And I'm like, what the hell's. The referee didn't have that bloody strange game. Some of the fouls that he was given away, do you know what I mean? But, you know, for me, I look at that team and I'm like, I mean, Ryan Session, there was a quote about from Nuno saying, do you know what? He's not doing everything right now, but give him time. He's, he's been injured. He's, he's been lacking a bit of confidence. I'm going to work with him. That's my job. And my job is to, I think, was it Todd? I think you said it, or Todd or, or Scotty. My job is to get players ready to play right. for Tottenham. And that's what he's yeah. doing. He's a trainer. That's, why, that's, that's the job of any good manager, if you have, you know, is to try and, whether it's confidence, whether it's forming. Bergwijn, I think Bergwijn had a few chances. I think he might have hit the post. I, think. I don't want to talk about Stephen Bergwijn's finishing ability. He played his, he is 
the most improved, and, and listen, because I talked a bunch of shit about this guy after the first game uh, of the Premier League season. So I want to say this. I've been extremely impressed by his strength, and I've been extremely impressed by his work ethic. Like he's he's ton of industry out of that guy. Um, his finishing product outside of that one Man City goal has been suspect at best. The amount of goals that he should have finished but had unluckily denied uh, are more than I cared to recount at this time. I think the question for me with with going back to Romero, um, it, it becomes after this two-week international break betting in period, I think the question for me becomes – whether or not he replaces one of Dyer or Sanchez or whether or not he joins them in a back th- in a, in a three center back set. I, I, I tend to think he replaces one of them if he's able to usurp one of them, because let's remember when, when Dyer and, and Sanchez have played so far this season, they have not allowed a goal behind them, um, which is, is, is nice. And it's only two games to speak of, but we'll, we may see them again on Sunday against Watford and it may be three, um, so that's something that'll be ready. We'll, we'll have to keep an eye on, on that whole process. So we'll, we'll see how we'll kind of, we'll have to see how that kind of goes. There's a lot of, um, before we get specifically to talking about what we think we'll see Sunday, there's a lot of transfer rumors out there. I know there's this guy from Barcelona that, that it looks like. We're yeah, I'll just put up in him now. He's basically, so, there's a, basically Barcelona. They were Dixie in debt. And for some reason, they have, they've had problems agreeing the contract. So they're just saying to him, just play. And it's honestly, I swear to God, there's a little bit of colonialism in it for me. The kids from, uh, I think, from somewhere in Africa. Senegal Africa, or something. Senegal or something like that. And he's like, just play. Just play your football. And I'm like, no, he's a professional. You know, if you're going to be playing, you you want to play Memphis Depay. Or no, all this money, Apologies. All this money, and you want to play continue all this money. The kid has earned his whatever he feels he should be paid, and you're not paying him. So basically, he's they haven't agreed a contract. So you've got Chelsea hovering around him. And I don't know. I mean, I've got to say, Paratici or Parati, I don't know how you're saying it, but if he, if we are being connected with, was it Mate Sar and this kid? That is, we are literally hoovering up some really good talent. But this is a really good kid. Well, Sars, Sars, Sars in in the building, as it were. Well, in Mets, but deals deals done. Inks drive. I'm not mistaken. And he and he's apparently going to stay there as well. Yeah, um, on loan until tw- June 2022, right? And there and there is you know a lot of interest. It sounds like in the American Weston McKinney um, from it. from Juventus. I mean, yeah. you know how excited I am about that. I just don't like. I don't even look, want to talk we, about it. Look, we all are. I still think that the biggest transfer news that has kind of come about in the last 24 to 48 hours is Musa Sissoko potentially going to Watford. And I think oh, that is, you know, <laughs> I say that with a wry smile on my face. I still oh, think that, that I still I think, think that more. I, think I still think. Yeah. Well, I still think that the outgoings are just as, if not more important than the incomings at this point for Spurs, they need to thin out the squad a little bit, even though they do have uh, an extra competition thrown in with a lot of group games, which is, you know. So give me the two half to goes for you guys. Two guys that have to go before the window closes. Well, it's, so, a, it's Sissoko and Aurier for me. Okay. Um, same, same. You know, I think, I think the way that we've seen Winks play, I, I look for, for me personally, it would be Winks and Sissoko um, because I don't think that I, 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 I'm, the jury is still out as good as he's played the jury is still out for me on Tanganga as right as starting right back every week in week out. Um, and I don't think Dory Darty is good enough to be the, the secondary option there. Um, so I would like to have another right back around, but I don't think Sergio Aurier even remotely wants to be around. Um, I, I think that there's also got to be at this point, there has to be a, a real discussion about what happens with Tanguy and Dombele. But again, what is it, five days we've got now uh six days until the until the window closes um there's going to be a lot more to discuss in the coming days i'm sure and we'll be able to talk about it post watford and and really post the, the the window actually closing but um it is certainly going to be you know it's going to be interesting to, to see how this window the, the the flourish of moves that i think are going to come and not just around spurs look guys we're you know there's a really good chance now that cristiano ronaldo ends up in manchester <laughs> Like there's a there's a lot of crazy shit that's going to go down here in the final well, five yeah. or six days. You um, had like you always you had like Real Madrid who are meant to be brassic, but apparently can find 160 million pounds to play for Kylian Mbappe. 
Yeah. Um, and you've got PSG who basically said, no, we would rather lose him on a free next season. It's insane. Million pound for you. It's just like football exists in some reality that we just don't. It's, especially those how much, is, it, how much is a Champions League title worth to PSG? That's what it boils down to. Well, is I think it worth just, more than 170 million pounds? Because I think it is, it, is. It, is, it is if they get it for Man City. Yeah, well, I mean, this is this is my point. So this is their year. Yeah. This is their win, and it's a, and it's a race for those two teams, really, who who yeah. just so happen to be drawn into the same Champions League group, which is interesting enough. So I mean, it is, oh it's God. crazy. It's it really is. Um, Sunday, guys, Watford, uh, an opponent that we, you know, I, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk to to Mike from the Voices of the Vic podcast here after the break. But um, you know, it's a it's a team that you would think Spurs should be able to beat at home. Um, I I would think. Both of you guys, in your opinion, is anything less than three points would be a disappointment, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad there's no more Troy Daney because if I'm down from Sanchez, I'm hiding from Troy Daney. Yeah, fair. That's a fair point. I well, asked the Tro- question in the group Troy chat. Dini, Troy Daney is still around there. He's just not really playing. <laughs> I asked the question in the group chat prior to this game for the listener at home. How many of the current Watford side could Troy Daney beat up at the same time? And my over-under is six. So I'm very curious as to uh, to what the how, listeners have to say. How many of the current Tottenham side could Joy Dini beat up? Well, if I get to pick them, it's going to be like I'm taking okay. Musa Sissoko first, and we're, we'll see how it goes. Dyer? Are you taking Dyer? Yeah, Dyer will probably oh, get in there. You know what? You know what? I'm not being bad. If I knew there was a Viking on that team, I'd be like, uh-huh. I'd be like you know what? I'd be like, you know what? I'm PH, handle this I'm, I'm going to be polite. <laughs> I'm going to be polite. I'm going to say nothing because I'm not being bad. I, I love the, the thing is what I liked about PA when he came on, he just basically led. Mm-hmm. There wasn't like I mean Eric Dyer would give him the armband, but for me there was no doubt who was leading that pitch, who was calling the shots on that pitch. So yeah. What I like what I really want to know ahead of this game on Sunday is Shuban, I know that you had a chance to 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 see Danny Rose a few weeks ago at one of the U twenty three matches. Did you yeah. did you slip him a little bit of 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 cash to to throw this one because there's a chance <laughs> oh, no. he, there's a good chance that he shows up in the starting eleven on Sunday. He he made his debut for Watford or his re-debut, I guess you should say, uh, this past Tuesday in the Carabao Cup and was the man of the match. It sounds like he's going to be coming back into the you know the starting fray for this team and making his return to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I'm sure he'll be greeted warmly. But did you did you grease the wheels there at all and tell him hey maybe make an errant pass or two and let Lucas run by you? Honestly, I spoke about the fact that his mum used to come to my local matchday pub, and I spoke. I chat to him. I chat to him and his stepdad. Chat to her and his, her and his stepdad, and how he gave me the best birthday present of my life when he scored in his debut. Yes. But yes. apart from that, and, and about a few other things, but you know what? I mean, Danny Rose is really cool. He was, like I said, I mean, I, I'm so I was just offside. I remember literally, Danny's one of those guys that he's very much a very straight talking Yorkshireman. That's they're very famous for it. I said, oh, I take a picture. He goes, would you mind saying? I said, sure. I know one guy that Danny refused to give a picture to, and because I know this guy, the guy's a wanker, and I would, I would, I would never give a bad picture in my entire life. And um, for me, it's just like, oh, I saw Danny Rowe, you need a picture. I said, no, because he, I felt the same. Because he, I felt the same. No, yeah, because you're a wanker. He, he knows it. So, I mean, so, so the uh, say, moral of that story is, don't be a wanker to Danny Rose. Yeah, just, just, just don't be a wanker. Period. But here's the thing. With Danny Rose, he was there. He didn't have to be there. He clearly has a great affection with the club. Obviously, Stevenage being not too far from Watford, about 25 minutes, half an hour drive. And there's clearly a lot of affection. He's been in the club. He was at the club since he's, what, 16, 17? Yeah. So he clearly has a lot of affection for the club. It didn't work out under Mourinho. Guess what? A lot of things didn't work out under Mourinho. That's why Mourinho is no, no longer our manager. <laughs> I mean. It's true. So yeah, so so I like to, I'd like to think that you know what that whoever you know whoever you know players that felt they had to leave under Mourinho or whatever they still have they still able to have some affection now. But what about no? Danny Rose isn't the same Danny Rose that basically was starting left back for England. You know he lost a lot of his, you know he lost that that yard of pace that he needed. He just wasn't able to do what he was able to you know before. But I'll always thank him because. You know, he showed some really good touches. He was a huge part of our success for at least a good couple of years. You know, unfortunately, injuries happen. That's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, 15-16 with him and Kyle Walker, they were the best 
um, left back, right back pairing in, in the league, without a doubt. So we we had the best. I mean, you could argue that we had the best back four in the league during that 15, 16, 16, 17 run. Oh, God. I just, sorry, when I think of that, honestly, I just feel like I'm when I see Jan and Toby and Moose in front of them and Victor and Yama. How the hell we didn't win the league that year? It's just. It's just well, it should be fun to see Danny back at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, whether he makes the 11 or not. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more Watford after the break with uh, the the great Mike from the Voices of the Vic podcast, a Watford podcast based over in the UK. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for joining. We will be back Sunday um, post Watford and then leading into what is I, I just it's so weird that we're going into an international break after Sunday. It feels like the season is just getting rolling and then we're just going to slam on the brakes. But that's what's going to happen. Um, and it's it's very strange. But Shuban is at the real Shuban. You can follow Todd at TC underscore Kasho. I'm Andrew at Astetka. We'll be right back with Mike from the Voices of the Vic podcast right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot podcast. Andrew here, and I'm joined by a Watford man. It's Mike from the Voices of the Vic podcast. Mike, thanks so much for joining me. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Mike, it's been a little while since we've seen Watford in the Premier League. Uh, of course, they finished second in the championship last last season to to get themselves promoted. Uh, what's different about this Watford team since the last time that, that they met Spurs, which was, you know, it feels like even longer ago, but it's it's been about a year and a half since these two teams met. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, first of all, I, I think the attacking prowess that we sort of possess now um we were saying it only on our podcast the other day that i think this is probably the most strong um well the most strongly that we've been attacking wise uh for for some years i think this is the best attacking options we've got since we first got promoted into the uh, prem again back in 14 15 season so i'm really looking forward to seeing what this attacking um you know the attacking options we've got what what we can do so i think the the, the attack would definitely be the difference to this Watford side compared to the one that got relegated. Sure, sure. The, the last time these two teams met, in fact, the, the last two times they met in the Premier League, it was both draws, a goalless draw uh, in January of 2020. Um, and and both these teams were were wildly different. I mean, Spurs had Paulo Gazzaniga in goal and Jan Vertonghen was the captain of that match. There was no Harry Kane involved. Um, all of those things have changed for Spurs. Who were some of the players that that, for you know, for Spurs fans getting getting used to to seeing Watford again in the Premier League, um, that that are that are different or or, or are merging. Well, I mean, you, much like yourself, you you just pointed out a number of names that were uh, missing from the Spurs side that day, and you know, just thinking about it, uh, Troy Dean is probably not going to be playing this time round. Uh, in fact, the the news has broke today uh, that he's probably going to be leaving before the end of the transfer window on Tuesday. Um, Ishmael Assar, I, I'm sure he probably played last time round. Emmanuel Dennis, uh, the new number nine, who well, he's number twenty five, but he plays in a number nine role. Yeah. Um, really, really exciting. We signed him from Club Bruges uh, and in the two games, that, well, three games if you count the Carabao Cup game against Palace, he's looked probably the, the most impressive player. Uh, Peter Etebo in, in defensive midfield as well. Another one we signed on loan from Stoke. Um, he's sort of there to try and fill the void of Will Hughes who looks to be off to Crystal Palace as well before Tuesday's deadline day as well. So, um, yeah, there's it's, it's going to be quite a different one Watford side that faced Spurs last time around when we when we drew, and and the new manager Zisco, you know, how is he setting this team up for for the first few? I know it's only been a couple of matches and things change, but yeah, um, to me it looks like it's been like a four one four one type of situation, or maybe a four five one. It 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 seems a little different, you know, a little little different than what we've seen in the past in the Premier League, right? 
Yeah, um, it looks like he, he's trying to play a 4-3-3, which is what served us very well last season in, in getting promotion. Uh, and he, he's trying to play counter-attacking football. And like I said at the top of the show, though, the the attacking options that we possess, we've got pace in that side. You've got Ishmael Asar, who is scarily quick. You've got Emmanuel Dennis, who I just mentioned from Club Bruges. He's also very, very quick. It'd be interesting to see those two in a foot race because they're, they're very, very quick. We've got Josh King, who's coming from Everton, next Bournemouth as well. Also very, very quick. So it's very clear that he wants to play 4-3-3 and try and hit teams on the counter as well. Uh, and hopefully, we're going to get a lot of joy hitting teams on the counter. It's just at the moment, before the deadline day on Tuesday, our midfield is probably the, what, the main problem that lets us down. Uh, we've got a couple of injuries. We've got one guy who's in quarantine because he just signed him from Fenerbahce over in Turkey. So, yeah, the midfield isn't a finished article yet and that's probably where uh, it, it could well be sort of win or loses the, the match for us because of the, the lack of options we've got in midfield at the moment. It was a it was a bright start for Watford, obviously, on the opening day of the season, a 3-2 win over over Villa, um, and then followed up with the, the, the 2-0 away loss to Brighton last weekend. And then, as you mentioned, the Carabao Cup earlier this week, a, a late winner over Palace. So how are Watford fans feeling, you know, small sample size, obviously, to the start of this season, but back in the Premier League and how are how are Watford what is the feel of Watford fans at, at the start of this season uh, well at the start of the season it was we doomed we're going to go straight back down uh, and it, it really bugged me seeing that I'm thinking you know we, we we spent five years in the Premier League we got relegated we've come back up at the first time of asking which is a very very tough thing to do sure. and then before a ball's even been kicked you got Watford fans looking at the team thinking no they've written us off already um, I to be honest, didn't expect to beat Aston Villa first game of the season. If you'd have told me that we were going to pick up three points from our first two games, um, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have even had us down to beat Brighton because our record way at Brighton in the Premier League isn't the best. I don't think we've won there in the Premier League, to come to think of it. So I probably would have said a draw at push against Brighton. So to say that we got three points from those two games uh, and the the Aston Villa win was, was a huge, huge win for us. And I think it sort of showed a few people okay, maybe we're not as screwed as we probably think we are. But then it was very, very disappointing away at Brighton. The, the midfield was the one that let us down. Uh, you know, we, we looked so, so weak and they just sort of walked through us as if we weren't there. And then people were perhaps thinking, okay, uh, let's sort of level-head ourselves a little bit again because that win against Villa, yes, it was great, but it sort of went, the others, the others end of the scale against Brighton, and it was really, really poor. So we, and then the game against Crystal Palace, we made seven changes from the team against Brighton, and we scraped through, and it literally was scraping through. It sounded like the worst game ever. Uh, so I think we were definitely looking for a reaction this time round against you boys. Does it does it feel like a relegation battle this season for Watford? Does it feel like like the ambition is to do a little bit more and, and get you know get up closer to that mid table? Uh, yeah, I think to be to be honest, any any promoted side so doesn't matter that we've we've come back up having spent five years in the Premier League prior to that. Any team that comes up would slap your hand off at seventeenth. The 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 end the the end goal of this season is to stay up, no matter how optimistic a fan you are or whatever. The, we have to stay up this season. So yeah, absolutely. The the aim is seventeenth and above. Anything above seventeenth, perfect for us. I wanted to ask you too about uh, Jao Pedro. Still, still a, a knock for him. I mean, he's not going to be around this weekend, but but one for the future and one one that you guys are looking forward to seeing. Oh, honestly, yeah, he, he's he's not going to be ready in time for this weekend. I don't think. I, I'm not quite sure how long he's out for. But honestly, like um, we we signed him in the January of the season we went down, so 2019-20 season, and uh, there was so much talk, so much promise. Same club as Richarlison. Uh, as well, Fluminense over in Brazil. Um, and then he come over, played a handful of games. He, he played in the Cup 
Uh, I think it was against Tranmere away. Um, and then I think he was on the bench for the home game, if memory serves me correct. Uh, played, come off the bench a couple of times in that season as well. And even even coming off the bench, you saw glimpses of what he was capable of. And then he goes into his first full season of English football in the Championship, which is a very, very physical league. And the first thing he's done is put seven kilograms of muscle on just to sort of cope with the physical demands. And listen, I love Troy Deeney and I'm absolutely good if he's going to be going. Uh, but it's quite clear that over the last few years, Troy Deeney's not the striker he used to be. So to see a striker dropping deep, winning the ball, bringing others into play and then getting back into the box in time for any pullbacks, any cutbacks, whatever, um, that's what we had with João Pedro. So it's really, really exciting and uh, hopefully he gets over this knock and it doesn't knock his confidence too much. But uh, yeah, he's, he's going to be one for the future and one I'm really looking forward to seeing. We're, we're used to seeing a guy do those kinds of things at the striker position at Spurs too. And we're glad to have him, him, him around for a little longer as <laughs> yeah. well. Uh, I wanted to also ask you about Danny Rose, a uh, former yes. Spurs man. Um, I know made his debut in the, in the cup match uh, this week and, and played quite well. Um, what are kind of the, the thoughts on from, from a Watford perspective of, of, of Danny Rose coming into their team? Yeah, uh, got man of the match as well against Crystal Palace in the Carabao Cup. He's he's one that uh, I'm very I was very very happy with the signing. I, I'm sure uh, Tottenham fans will know that Danny Rose had a brief loan spell with us back in 2009-10 season, uh, so he's no stranger to the club, and I think it's a superb signing. Uh, he's obviously had his. Um, issues off the pitch which have maybe contributed a little bit to, to him gaining a little bit of weight and maybe match fitness hasn't quite been there but uh, I fully expect him to go straight into that starting 11 on, on Sunday and uh, I think given a run of games he can be a key key player for us this season and he's, he's going to be one in the just dressing room that we need as well having just come up and uh, he's a solid left back when he when he's fully fit and firing on all cylinders as I'm sure you guys know and uh, yeah we're, we're really looking forward to seeing him hopefully play week in week out and he can definitely make that left back position his own over uh, Adam Messina who currently plays there at the moment. That's interesting to hear. I, I always I always love Danny Rose at Spurs and, and it's interesting to hear that you think he can he can actually, you know, become part of the eleven there. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I feel a bit bad for Adam Messina. You know, he, he he did he did well enough to help us get promoted again. Uh, didn't ensure the best of times in the season we went down in the Prem. Uh, was maybe found out a little bit, but in two games now he's made two mistakes which have contributed to two goals. He uh, give away a, a stupid, stupid penalty in the 97th minute against Aston Villa. Luckily, we had a two-goal cushion, so it he, he didn't sort of cost us any points. But, and then uh, he lost Shane Duffy uh, in the box for, for Brighton and Brighton's opener. So two games, two mistakes from him. You can sort of get away a little bit with mistakes made in the Championship, but in the Premier League, it's it's ruthless. And the mistakes he's made, he's been punished for. So I think Danny Rose coming into that, if he has a solid game on Sunday to follow up his man of the match performance on Tuesday night against Crystal Palace, uh, I, I genuinely think that it, it will be his to lose. Then, and I'm looking forward to it because I really like Danny Rose as a footballer. And uh, if he can get sort of his head down and everything else, I, I genuinely think he he will be one of the mainstays of the team and one of the first names on the team sheet this season. And I'm sure he would he would be welcomed back on Sunday if he is in that eleven uh, quite warmly by the Spurs fans as well. Uh, off kind of off the football field, I wanted to ask you how great is is Ben Foster's YouTube channel? I mean, I, I know that's <laughs> it's it's made so much so much news across uh, across the globe. Really, I've got my buddies uh, here at the Tottenham Depot podcast pointed it out to me, and I I, I dove in and and how how much are Watford fans enjoying something like that? Uh, well, you say that it's actually uh, it's split opinion when it first came out because the first time that there was a few moans and groans about it was, uh, and to be honest, I'm surprised it took this long to be honest. But uh, I don't know if you've seen the episode where we lose to Swansea and Jamal Lowe celebrates in front of the GoPro. Um, ben Foster had been doing that for quite a few games before, and. Oh, if if I had scored against someone who had a GoPro in the goal, the first place I'm going is there. So, firstly, I'm surprised it took that long for a player to actually go in and celebrate in front of it. But um, there, there was perhaps thoughts behind the scenes that, well, thoughts from the fans that maybe Foster was a bit too focused on his YouTube career uh, and, and not focused on doing as well as he could for Watford and, you know, trying to make, um, trying to make these bad, 
mistakes that it made, you know, clickbait on YouTube to get as many views as possible. But look, at the end of the day, Fozzie's 37, 38. Uh, he's not getting any younger. He's probably not going to be in football for much longer. So he's just focused on his next sort of step after football. Uh, I'm a massive fan of the cycling GK. A uh, little bit disappointed this season. Obviously, he's, he lost his spot to Daniel Backman uh, back in January. So um, he's not been playing much. And I noticed as well, he played on Tuesday. But uh, it looks like he hasn't been able to come to any agreement with the uh, EFL this season and, and the Premier League in terms of being allowed to have his GoPro in the goal. So it's going to be a little bit trickier for him if he wants to continue. Obviously, he'll do the behind the scenes, uh, the build up to the game, the hotel the night before and everything else. But in terms of match highlights and stuff like that, we won't be getting any, any of it. But I, I'm a big, big fan of it. I, I really like Fuzzy. And it's clear to see that he's such a good character and such a nice guy as well. And and football is supposed to be fun. And, and we, exactly. like those, we like those kinds of, of, of personalities and everything. Well, Mike, yeah. before I get you out of here, uh, I, I want to get your, I, I won't say prediction because, you know, predictions, I don't need predictions, but your <laughs> expectations, let's call it that, your expectations for Sunday, your thoughts on, on, on how Sunday will go down. Well, I mean, our records against Tottenham uh, at Tottenham, regardless of if it's been at White Hart Lane or uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, uh, not a good sort of happy hunting ground for us. Uh, obviously, I'm expecting a tough, tough game. Uh, we, you know, Nuno Espirito Santos, a, a good manager, and, you know, you're off to a flyer, two wins out of two. So, it, it, I'm expecting a very, very tough game, it, regardless of if Kane starts or he doesn't. Uh, Wingman's son's record against us is he's, uh, he's scary as well. He, he loves a goal against Watford. So I'm very aware of the threats that you possess. But I think the main thing that I and probably many other Watford fans are looking for is a reaction from the Brighton game. We were just walked all over in midfield. That Basuma ran the show. They walked through us as if we didn't even have a midfield on the pitch. So that's the first thing I'm looking and expecting um, is... We, we sort of tie it up in midfield. If we can get the midfield ticking uh, and sort of on the same wavelength as, as the strikers as well, uh, the forward line, then I, I genuinely think we're actually really like in for a really, really entertaining game of football. So all in all, a reaction is what I'm looking for. Uh, any result after that is a bonus. But yeah, massive, massive reaction needed from us after after last Sunday, uh, last Saturday, sorry, against Brighton. So, fingers crossed, we get that. It feels like uh, midfield issues abound. It could it could be a battle of who, <laughs> has, who has the midfield issues on 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 Sunday as we watch this one uh, for the third match in the Premier League. Uh, Mike from the Voices of Vic podcast. Where where can we find you guys on Twitter? Uh, find your personal account on Twitter. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, so uh, my personal account on Twitter is at MikeDuffy underscore 26. Uh, the podcast Twitter account is simply at Voices of the Vic. Uh, we're also on Facebook, YouTube and Instagram as well. Um, so you can find us there. And then you can find us on all good uh, podcast platforms, as I'm sure you can find yourselves. You'll be able to find us as well. Absolutely, Mike. Thanks again for, for doing this. And uh, we, look no forward, we look forward to, to Sunday and, and maybe doing this again down the line. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. That's going to do it for this edition of the Tottenham Depot podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. We will be back Sunday following the Watford match to recap and look forward really to the end of the transfer window. Uh, We look forward to seeing you then. Until then, as always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>